Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hi, it's KT Thomas again, coming from Hampton, New Hampshire with KT's Money Matters. You know, I thought we'd talk a little bit about some, you know, not so good or maybe you know, maybe it's maybe it's a good and exciting time in one's life. But having been divorced, I actually remember this is not actually the greatest time in my life. And what I'll say is that we all know this. Nearly half of the marriages end in divorce. And so we're not going to talk about the messy, crying, separating period of getting separated. But we're going to talk about now that it's over and you're divorced. What should you be thinking about? How do you rebuild yourself from here? I mean, I think a lot of people view this as a major setback. Certainly, financially, it can be a significant setback, but it's also a clean slate. So there's an opportunity for you to maybe build some other things as well. So I have invited Tammy Simons, CFP, from our office at New Day Solutions to join me today to talk about the post planning. The I like to call it the table for one planning. So Tammy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. There's a lot that goes on in separation, but when the dust finally settles, what's the first thing that you would recommend from a financial perspective that people should think about? Well, I think one of the maybe natural things that people think about is what their budget will look like now that there's only one income possibly coming into the household and expenses change. So I think that's in many ways, it's a natural transition to think about that. But I wanted to touch a little bit on it for the first piece, because it tends to be the first piece. Right. There's going to be changes in income, earned income, as well as expenses due to paying out childcare, expenses due to paying out alimony, or the flip side, receiving childcare and receiving alimony. Those things are most likely going to happen, and you need to account for what those changes are going to be, whether they're less income coming in overall, or maybe it's even more income coming in. Further, expenses change. So a lot of times, expenses will decrease. So you'll, you might have one less car loan. You may have one less student loan, you may have one less credit card payment that you have to have to make. Maybe you dumped the financially reckless one in the marriage. You know, I was actually thinking that, <laughs> but I, <laughs> thank you for saying it. <laughs> Many times that happens. <laughs> That's right. You know, money is like, I think the number one reason why people get divorced is a inability to do this together that it causes so much friction in the marriage that people really resent the way other people make decisions about money. So sometimes maybe it's just freedom to then maybe do your own decision-making. Yeah. What do they say? The two biggest reasons for divorce is money and sex. Well, we'll keep sex for another podcast. Maybe. I was going to say, we can let somebody else talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so expenses are going to decrease. You know, they're just going to be different. They may increase as well. So, you know, if you're the spouse that ends up keeping the home and you're paying the mortgage, you know, things like that could change as well. So just putting together income versus expenses and understanding what that is, is probably key. You know, one of the things I see a lot, and maybe you can pile on on this, is you see people like automatically trying to hold on to the family home. And sometimes that's setting themselves up for something that really is unaffordable as a single person. 
I can give you an example. Just the other day, I was talking to somebody. She wanted to keep the house for her dogs. She, you know, she has a couple dogs at home, and she's worried about where the dogs will go. Although she individually probably won't be able to afford the home, and that's a tough decision to make. Yeah, imagine if it's tough when you have the dogs, how hard it is when you have the kids. That's right. That you really have to look at this and say, my whole life is changing, and my resources are now different, and I need to decide what I can afford to do based on what my resources are. That's right. So then, you know, just the day-to-day stuff, that takes a long time to adjust, but let's talk about how it might affect their other goals. So, you know, sometimes I hear, well, we were going to retire and now I can never retire. People say this to me all the time and I go, oh no, you could probably still retire, but maybe what we have to do is look at, you know, your sized retirement. Retirement goals are always going to be different, most likely. You know, maybe you and your former spouse had plans to buy a second home or have a vacation home on a lake somewhere. And those goals might not be your goals anymore. So this is the beauty of sometimes going through a divorce. They are your goals. Retirement goals are your goals now. And you can make them whatever you want to make them within reality, of course. Right. As long as they're affordable. <laughs> exactly. So- Can we talk a little bit about, I had just put a little note here to talk about quadros, because I think that there's a lot of mystery math that happens in the divorce process. And then all of a sudden it's like your IRAs or their IRAs or half of his pension is your pension. And it's kind of hard to pull all of these things together. Can we talk about how a professional might help you get this done? I mean, is it the lawyer that does this or do they see a financial planner for this? A little bit of both. So the lawyer will help you a document, a divorce decree. A financial planner will be able to really assess who has what. So, and this can be really complicated between future pensions, 401ks, possibly 403bs, IRAs, joint accounts, all of that makes a difference. And ultimately, the divorce decree will legalize it. But to be able to split it up in a way that is fair to both of you, but more importantly, fair for the children as well, that if there's any children involved, a financial advisor can help you through that. So many times people don't understand that one spouse's 401k or pension, if most of the money is in there, you, you both actually have access to that if that's what is determined in the quote unquote fair divorce decree. You know, and one of the things about this that I sort of like to pile on about is I see this all the time. I mean, I recently had a client come in and she had quadro agreements and paperwork from different companies and it had never been submitted. It had been a couple of years. The process had just been so overwhelming to her that every time she took it out, she sort of set it aside. The yeah. lawyer didn't help her complete these because that's not really what lawyers do. And she never completed it. She's like, I am just every time I look at this overwhelmed that I have all this paperwork. And so we went through and basically did all the paperwork. But one of the things that's really important is sometimes it's okay to wait because it's like you're getting a percentage of the account. But most of the time what happens is your money stops growing because it's a dollar amount. It's a fixed fee or dollar amount that you're eligible to take. And then so if you leave it sitting there for two more years, like the last two years, and the market goes up, you're actually not going to benefit in that. That's a really good point, KT. Yeah, many times people will go to attorney and that is overwhelming. That's an emotional roller coaster ride that you go through. And the last thing you want to do is now fill out all the forms necessary to implement what you agreed on in the attorney's office. 
So if you were working with a professional, a professional should be able to help you through that. So they should be able to help you through the forms and many times do a lot of the legwork for you and with you so that that burden's taken away from you. Right. So some people maybe could do it on their own, but people that, you know, if you find you're moving that paperwork around on your desk, you ought to go see a professional because that person can actually help you get that done. And even though you might've been able to figure it out on your own, frankly, what we know is when we're in a state of emotion, we're not always our best version of ourselves. That's right. And it come, it, sometimes it's hard to take action and get things done when we're feeling like a little overwhelmed by all the change. It's really normal. You know, in the worst case scenario, sometimes for clients, that's when a certified financial planner really steps up their game and really can help out. Perfect. How about protecting and establishing their own credit? Let's talk about this because I, I find that sometimes, you know, your credit can get a little beat up in a divorce. Yeah, it's important to keep an eye on your credit. Like you said, keep an eye on your credit report. Make sure that your balances are are down and don't let those credit cards ride up on you as you're trying to figure out your new budget. You know, that's probably the worst thing that you could do for yourself is to let those get out of hand. So definitely keep keep that a priority. Keep an eye on it. Don't let yourself go go too far underwater, if at all. You know, the other thing I'd say is if you have any joint credit cards, you need to work on this right away, right? Yeah, get rid of them. You can find that if they don't, I always think this is like, this is like a tricky little thing I found out in my own divorce. I always talk about my own pain if I can, you know, rather than the pain of others. But what happened was he bought the house out for me in the divorce and then he failed to pay the mortgage and I didn't own the house anymore. And then the bank called me up and said, hey, where's our money? And I'm like, I don't even own this place anymore. The court said to me, we're holding you harmless. And you know what that means is the court says I don't have to pay, but you know, Federal Savings Bank didn't agree. <laughs> they, they thought I should pay and they were happy to, you know, they understood they couldn't collect from me, but they were happy to ruin my credit in the transition. So after the divorce is over, making sure that your credit is separate and that if they said they were going to refinance and take you off the mortgage, that you follow through and that that gets done. Because if it doesn't get done, then you really need to stay on top of that liability to make sure that they're still paying it. Because if they don't pay it, it could hurt you. That's right. I've seen the same scenario with home equity lines of credit. So to your point, make sure you're, you're, you separate yourself from mortgages, joint mortgages, credit cards, but also home equity lines of credit, because that can be just as dangerous. And so credit monitoring. I mean, I don't think you pay anybody for credit monitoring. I think it's pretty easy to do it yourself, but you can get a copy of your credit report every year for free at annualcreditreport.com. I know we've talked about that on previous shows. I also really like the site Credit Karma. I use that a lot to just sort of get what I get from them is if something changes in my credit, I get like a little alert from them that says, hey, your score's changed. Check it out. And so it's sort of like a heads up for me to go look. And I think that that's really good to implement, especially if you're in the process of, you know, separating your credit from someone else, but also to just stay on top of things. That's right. And many credit cards also have tools that you can use to monitor your credit as well. So there's a app called CreditWise that you can log into as well to, and that updates not faithfully. I've noticed it's not not consistently, but they're supposed to update on a weekly basis, but I've seen I've seen it otherwise. Listen, even if they updated monthly, you'd be seeing it more often than most people are looking at their own credit. There's no cost for it. So it's yeah. a good it's a good tool to have. 
So, you know, I got to tell you, this this has happened to me twice in my career. So having been a financial advisor for 26 years, you get to see a lot of things. It has happened twice in my career. By the way, I've never had a lottery winner. I've always prayed for a lottery winner, but I've never gotten a lottery winner. But I have had two people inherit money from somebody that they used to be married to, and they didn't even know that they were still a beneficiary on their life insurance policy. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's one of the probably the first things you want to make sure that you cover. Many times there's a divorce decrees that mandate that you keep the former spouse on as a beneficiary for children, for your children's reasons, maybe keep your former spouse on as a beneficiary to things like your insurance and so forth. But if your divorce agreement does not call for that, you may want to take your former spouse off that. Yeah. I always think who's most motivated to have you die. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know about you, but I watch a lot of Law and Order and it seems to happen a lot. The ex is always a suspect. Always. Yeah. So I would say, you know, a beneficiary review maybe would be a great, can you talk a little bit about what a beneficiary review is and how somebody would do that? So keep an eye on your your life insurance policies. Take a look at them. See who the beneficiary is on it. Your life insurance policies through work as well. Don't forget about those. You have group life insurance many times through work. Keep an eye on your beneficiaries on that. Also, your retirement accounts all have beneficiaries or they should have all beneficiaries. So things like your 401k, pension plans, 403bs. Also, IRAs, Roth IRAs, all those beneficiaries should be addressed appropriately. Again, make sure you understand what the divorce agreement states and understand that if a former spouse is noted there, that you have to respect that. But otherwise, you may want to change that to your children or to a sibling and so forth. So, you know, the other thing I'm going to add on to this is your estate planning documents. So a lot of times I'll have clients that'll have a trust and they'll be the trustee of their own trust, very common, and their spouse will be their successor trustee or the power of attorney that comes into a place when you are no longer able to make decisions for yourself. So you probably want to look at your estate planning documents and, you know, decide who it is that you give the control to. Maybe, you know, maybe it's still your ex. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're a financial wizard and you still have a great relationship with them and you trust them to do this for you if you couldn't do it for yourself, but maybe not. Maybe you might not want your former spouse to be the healthcare proxy. Yeah, especially if they're the beneficiary. <laughs> They'd be like, pull the plug. I think they're out of it. They're done. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> what do people newly divorced, so let's assume they're now single or head of household baby, what do they have to think about as they think about their tax planning? Your taxes are going to be completely different. So instead of married, now you'll be single. If you, even if you got divorced on December 31st, you are then required to file as a single individual for that year. So that's going to change. Obviously, your income is going to change. So your tax brackets will most likely be lower if you're only bringing in one income. Of course, if there's alimony, that or child support that's um, as of 2018 tax refor- reform, alimony is no longer recognized on your tax return. So either as a deduction if you're paying it out or as income if you're receiving it. And child support has never been recognized. So that change is actually a win for the receiver because <laughs> now they don't have to claim that income that they used to have to claim. That's right. For the person who has to pay it out, that's that. That's not so good 
because they know they can't deduct it from their income. Tammy, any final tips for the recently freed and single? The only other tip that I would stress is, you know, divorce can be messy and people don't necessarily think clearly when they're going through a divorce. You see the worst in people when they're go actually going. So what I would recommend during that time is it's hard to make serious decisions during that time if, if you're if you're going through such a thing. Consult with a certified financial planner. Have them help you through this process. Have them take a look at all of your financial pieces and help you make the right decision. Perfect. Tammy, if people wanted to reach you to talk to you a little bit more about their finances and maybe how to restructure and rebuild, how might they reach you? Sure. They can always call our toll-free number at 800-834-2101. They could email me at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, at newdaysolutions.com. And always feel free to visit our website at www.newdaysolutions.com. So I'll just wrap here a little bit for everybody. If you're starting your life over financially, you need to be selfish and think about yourself. You need to make sure that, as Tammy talked about, that you have, you know what your income's going to be and that you've had a chance to look at your expenses and decide whether or not what you're doing is affordable or what needs to be changed to make it affordable. You need to be able to take a look at your long-term goals and really say, well, I was going to retire young, but can I afford to save what I need to save for retiring young? Or should I be buying a home at this juncture or should I be renting? And I would argue that all of those decisions are on the table. And the more things that you decide must be the same, the harder it is to make the adjustment. So if you could enter it with the idea that you're going to find the way that works for you now, based on what you have today, that you will find it to be an easier journey. If you want to look at your financial assets and make sure that they're titled right and that if there's anything left over from the divorce, like quadro agreements that they get executed, you might need a professional to help you with that. An ambitious, organized, money-oriented person might be able to get it done for themselves, but for the rest of us, we might need a little help there. And then we also want to think about how those assets are then managed for the future. And you want to make sure that you pay attention to your credit, especially any credit that you left behind in the old marriage, like a mortgage, whether you own it and the other person's still on your mortgage or whether or not they're in the house paying the mortgage and you're still legally liable as far as the bank is concerned, even if the court told you you're all set. So that's it. Starting your new future could be bright and it also could be an exciting time. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you think you know somebody else that might like to hear this podcast or other podcasts like it, please feel free to share our address in the show notes. It's ktsmoneymatters.com. Or if you're interested in all these financial topics, you can always also purchase a copy of the book, The Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, written for people going through the finances of their lives. Thanks till we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>